We really should have just paid the extra four dollars for the name brand rum. But. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, this one is a name brand. Yeah, just a shitty name brand. <laughs> Welcome to the Ice Garden. Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Attends, Azanim, la dame, la Vous écoutez the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Добро пожаловать в Ice Garden. Bienvenido al jardín de Ice Garden. Welcome to the Ice Garden. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, how you doing? I'm good. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. We're recording a little later <gasps> in the week than usual. Are you That's in costume? I was going to tweet. Are you in costume? I'm not. Well, I was going to tweet my Halloween costume as a podcaster, because Hannah <laughs> and I couldn't record <laughs> until Thursday night. So... But I've forgotten about that in my like epic search for headphones and then the, the drink debacle. And It's not too late. You could still do it now or after we're done recording. I'm doing it right now. That's funny. Live tweeting. <laughs> but you, can't, you won't be able to tell because you won't hear this until tomorrow. It's live for the two of us and nobody else. <laughs> Again, Chris, I guess, if he's paying attention. Oh, he's paying attention. I'm wearing my Connecticut whale jersey and going as Sam Faber. Yeah. <laughs> I have penguin pants on, uh, like penguin <laughs> pajama pants on, a penguin, and a U.S. Open sweater. A penguin, Sam Faber, and a podcaster walk into a bar. Um, I'm definitely like an at-home podcaster because I'm wearing sweatpants and a sweater. Is there, I guess live shows, I was going to say, is there any other way to be a podcaster than an at-home podcaster? Well, I guess yeah, like... Like, the people at, like, ESPN and shit, I don't think they do this shit from home. Like, you've seen Katie Nolan's stories. They're, like, yeah. in an actual booth. They look way more professional than, like, two laptops, a real microphone, an iPhone headphones, and, like, bottles strewn about my kitchen table. Yeah, but the listeners don't have to know that it's an audio medium. That's true. Uh, it's comfier it's to podcast at home because then you can just wear whatever you want. It is. I was really good when I started working from home about, like, changing out of my pajamas, like, right after I got out of bed to start working. And, like, I mean, they're still, like, comfy clothes, but, like, not pajama clothes. And I've gotten mm-hmm. significantly worse about that. Mm. I mean, like, sometimes I'll put on, like, a different shirt. But a lot of the times I just end up staying in whatever bottoms I was wearing. It's cozier, but I also feel that because I feel like if I don't change out of my pajamas, then it's just like. You feel kind of gross. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. what like changing into jeans and a t-shirt will do to make you feel like yeah. a person. Or even like yoga pants or like running pants. Mm-hmm. Or even like I have a different pair. I have like a pair. I guess they're called joggers. They're the sweatpants that like get tighter at the bottom. I'm giving you kind of a funny look through my. I gave myself a funny look. So. I don't know. I don't. It's what? They're like sweatpants, but instead of staying like flared, not like I flared out, but like boot cut all the way down, mm-hmm. they like have elastic at the bottom. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I've never yeah. heard them called joggers before. Hmm. Interesting. 
Uh, so I'll put those on sometimes because I don't always want to sit around and wear jeans if I don't have to. No, absolutely not. I need to expand my tight collection. That needs to be my, my goal before winter hits. Yeah, I'm really big into the lined running pants, running mm. tights that are black and you can just wear them to work as if they're leggings. Yes, the dream. But really, they're fleece lined and fuzzy. I have jeans that are like that. They're like, they're jeans, but they're lined with tights. So it feels like you're wearing tights, but they look like jeans. Very useful. Are they jeggings or denim? They're not <clears throat> jeggings. They're denim, but it's a very soft denim. And then they're like literally lined with like the material that you would wear in tights. They're very stretchy. They're not. They're probably not like real denim, but it looks like denim. But I don't think they're checkings. That's not what they were marketed as. Fascinating. So what are you drinking tonight? Because you are actually finally drinking something. I know. I am drinking... Um, it's cold. I probably should have made it hot. But I am drinking uh, apple cider with rum and... I'm going to need to add a little more rum into this. And I'm using a cinnamon stick as a mixer. Stirrer. Very fancy. Stirring device. Um, but yeah, for the first time I remember to go get alcohol. I actually even have beer too, but I figured since it was Halloween and fall outside that I would, I don't know, make a fall drink. Yeah. Especially to combat your, like, orange juice and tequila drink you've been drinking for the last three weeks i almost drank that again this week but i didn't you want to know what i'm drinking instead what it's not a halloween drink it's vodka lemonade (laughs) you're stuck in the wrong i know i know i yeah i need to get some like rum chata or some kind of a thing that i can start mixing in with hot chocolate we did have so we did have a halloween party at my place this past weekend and our drink for that was um, it was like a vodka, it was like a, oh, what was it? It was a different, it was a twist on a white Russian. It was a pumpkin spice white Russian. So it was vodka, coffee liqueur, pumpkin spice creamer. And that's, uh, yeah, you got me that. The with creamer. like a sugar rim. It was very strong. I didn't realize it was going to be like, it, it's mostly vodka and coffee liqueur. And I took a drink and I was like, holy shit. I had one and I was like, I need a glass of water immediately. Um, it was interesting. We, my roommate and I, uh, my roommate messed with the recipe after the fact and determined that we needed less vodka and more coffee liqueur. To make it a little more, less, like, alarmingly alcoholic. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So that's that's my fall drink. I'm just not drinking it on the podcast because I would like to be coherent at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I'll I'll make an effort to go out and get some, like, fall, some fall booze for the winter months. <laughs> it's 70 degrees outside here. It feels like it's still summer. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, is it really like humid by you too? Yes, mm-hmm. we're very sticky. Mm-hmm. Very sticky. Who are you toasting this week? This week, I am toasting uh, Boston Pride goaltender Lovisa Salander. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I struggle to say her last name. It is as straightforward as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because in seven games, she's allowed only twelve goals. Uh, which is kind of crazy, and um, also the least amount of goals allowed by a goaltender in the league by five. 
And she has uh, played the most games of any yes. goaltender. Um, and she has 217 saves in that time, which is nuts. But also nuts, I guess. I guess my I have a two-part toast, I guess. Or I guess it's just goaltenders in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, because in five games, Sam Walther has 203 saves. Yeah. That's a lot. That See, that's what, I was so surprised that's, when I saw that this was your toast because I was like, surely Solander doesn't have the most saves in the league. Like, the Pride don't allow the most goals or allow the most shots. But then I was like, oh, she plays the most. I'm sure by the end of the season, Sam Walther will probably have the most saves by virtue of having to make the most saves. Yeah. A la, she has seen uh, an average of 40 goals a game. Jesus 40 shots a game. It's the Lauren Dom of the NWHL. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the goaltending a little later. Yes, yes. It's on our notes, Doc. Who are you toasting? I wanted to toast Nicole Shamel. She has, uh, she's on the white cap. She's a rookie. She has nine points and six games. And just, like, there have been, I think, a lot of people that have impressed me, a lot of new rookies who have impressed me that I think we can get into more in the in the show, but Shamwell has just stood out particularly to me because, like, she's on a team like the Whitecaps that retained most of its talent or a lot of its talent, and she is already making an immediate impact. Although she did come from um, the University of Minnesota, so it is not surprising to me that she's able to keep up with them because that program is very talented. Yeah, she was the NWHL. Nope, not the player of the week. I was thinking of someone totally different. <laughs> Sydney Baldwin was. Another white cap. Yes. From Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, from the University of Minnesota. Obviously, she's a white cap. She's from Minnesota. <laughs> so we're going to focus this episode on the NWHL since we are now four weeks into the season. So things have started to kind of take shape a little bit now that we've had enough time to kind of see teams on the ice and how they're shaking out. Well, it's also a good time for us to talk about it, too, because they're on a two-week uh, no longer Four Nations break. Is it? Is it still? Do we still call it the Four Nations break? No, now it's just an awkward break that's hard to explain. <laughs> Women's hockey, in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah. Because they also have a, the joint training camp is taking the place of Four Nations, but like, no one from the NWHL is there, so I don't know. It's just awkward now, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because the Pride had three straight weekends of two games, and I was exhausted by the end of it. Oh, I bet. And I'm I'm kind of interested to see how teams will come back from this break because they'll have time to practice. So yeah, they'll have dedicated time to practice. Um, they won't. They'll have time to rest too because some of these teams have been yeah. on the road like a ton. Um, so hopefully that'll be good for them. Okay, so starting with Boston, who is still undefeated four weeks in. They are 7-0, and which I'm not surprised. Um, I guess I'm a little surprised that they have not lost the Whitecaps yet because I think, for me, those were the two teams that I predicted at the start of the season would be at the top of the league, and they still are, but... For me, watching Boston, I think their rookies have really stood out, and they've been they've seemed really cohesive mm-hmm. from what I have seen, more so than I think other teams are, and that's giving them an edge early. 
Yeah, I think like that was something that I brought up in our preview and I talked about before too, is that like the Pride really have an advantage in that they're bringing back so many players and they also drafted or I guess signed really well Mm -hmm. and that they signed players that had either played together before or played in similar systems before. So they were able to gel really well. Um, I think they got... With this when they signed Emily Fluke too, that was a huge boon oh, yeah. because that gave them. They now have three lines of forwards that are scoring threats, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and like we'll get into this a little bit later, but like when defense is a huge issue across the entire league, having three lines, like is crazy because mm-hmm. like the, te- the opposing team can't be like, oh okay, like, like. Carly Tays, uh, Lexi Lang, and Tori Sullivan are out there. Who's like that? Uh, that rookie line who actually has never played against or never played together, but have been putting up like huge numbers as a line. Yeah, you can't like put your top line out against them because then like, who do you put out with like Jillian Dempsey and McKenna or, Brand? Um, yeah, and McKenna Brand or like um, Emily Fluke has been on a line with Alyssa Wolf. Wolf. I just forgot what her whole last name is. Wolfiler? Well, well, yeah, well, yeah. But the whistle Wolfiler? She's it's a long one. I know that. <laughs> um, I spent a period on the bench with the team, like Ooh. shooting from there, and they just call her Wolfie. Ah. I don't know how you'd get that entire thing out. Um, yeah, Alyssa Wolfire. Like, wh- what do you do? Like, who do you put your top defensive yeah. line out there against? And yeah. I think that's been a huge advantage to them. I think, like, this defense thing is something that we can bring up now, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Like, we were looking at um, the average shots per game before we started recording, and in 2018-19, we mapped it out. We're pretty sure this is accurate. Last, we think we did this, right? Yeah, we think so. Last year... Mike wasn't answering. <laughs> Mike, if we get this wrong, tweet at us. But last year, teams averaged 28.25 shots per game. This year, granted, it is a smaller sample size, so this isn't a full season. This could change. But in 15 games total, 16? No, 20, 15, 20-something? Well, wait, we can do this. 32. Oh, wait, no, you would just divide. God. It's 28. It's 28. It's 28. Okay. Sometimes we have to look at maps, and sometimes we can't figure out how to do math. We don't usually have to. Well, that's not true. We do have to usually do math. So in 28 games so far, um, teams are averaging 32.035 shots per game, which is four more on average. So, like, it's unless your goaltending is lights out, which it has been, I think, pretty good still so far, you're not going to win, like, a 1-0 or a 2-1 game. Yeah. The teams are going to be able to have to score goals. And, like... When you have three lines that can do that in Boston, like whether it turns into a track meet or what, they're going to be able to like do it all. They have Lavisa Salander in net, who's not going to let in many goals, and then they have three lines that can that are offensively dangerous, and they're defenders. Kelly Fracken is taking like slap shots every chance she gets. Yeah, and same with uh, Lexi Bender. Mm-hmm. They're both slapping from the point, which is nuts. Um, Which is terrifying also. Like, nobody wants to get in front of that. Yeah, I don't know how defenders block shots. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, the the, the defense thing is, is huge. Because for me, at the beginning of the season, one of the big storylines that I was interested in is how 
the quote unquote lack of goaltending talent, lack of typical goaltending talent was going to play out. Um, I was very interested as to if we are going to get a lot more like extremely high scoring games mm-hmm. or if it was going to be, if it was going to turn into like a more goalie battle type of thing. And I think we've seen it be a little bit more of a goalie battle. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a few high scoring games. Um, the Whitecaps put up nine on Sam Walter mm-hmm. and um, the Riveters backup goaltender. Uh, the Pride put up eight on the Buttes. Um, Minnesota put up seven on Connecticut. And the Pride put up seven on the Riveters. Um, so we have seen that a little bit, but I really think that like what we're seeing a lot more of and what's ev- that's evidenced by the higher shot totals thus far mm-hmm. is just issues with strong defenders. I, I they a team most a bunch of the teams are having don't have much of a defense. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's especially like the Riveters struggle there. They struggled to get it out of the zone a lot against Boston two weeks ago, mm-hmm. last weekend, last weekend. They struggled to get it out of their zone a lot. Um, when they played the Whitecaps um, and got tagged for a bunch of goals, they weren't all Sam Walther's fault or Dana yes. DeMarco's fault. Yes. A lot of times her defense just straight up let like let them skate around her, like hung her out to dry. Yeah, a lot of odd odd skater rushes. Yeah, which like it's just an interesting switch of a storyline for me at least. Mm-hmm. I think part of that with Boston too, and I think the Whitecaps also watching them play, like is their speed. Mm-hmm. Like they can get around defenders easily and there's like there's only so much you can do when, like, Allie Thunstrom and Jonah Curtis have, like, a full, like, head of steam. Like, yeah, you, that's just straight up. It's going to have to be – and I think what – when the Riveters beat the Whitecaps, which we can talk about a little bit later, they were able to – I think if you can't keep up with them, they were going to have to, like, play their own kind of game, which was keeping – making sure that if they did get the edge, like – getting their sticks in passing lanes, Mm -hmm. making sure that if they were at battles in the corners, like trying to bump them off the pucks without drawing penalties, like Mm -hmm. you can't outskate them. You're going to have to play a grittier kind of a game. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, like even the pride, if you let Allie Thunstrom get past you, like you're pretty fucked. Yeah. We saw (laughs) like Allie Thunstrom took a puck probably like somewhere between the, um, center line and the like her offensive blue line and just like blew around people and sniped one home on Lovisa and I was like yeah like you could tell that was going in from before yeah she even like thought like before she even touched the puck I was like oh if she gets it here she's just gonna score like that's all I'm it's also interesting to me like because as, as high scoring as some of these games have been I feel like it could have been even worse like there were a lot of like backdoor plays that just didn't go through and I'm like if you give these teams a few more weeks of practice how many more of these would go in yeah or how many more of them wouldn't even make it that far mm-hmm. yeah if the, de- if the defense improves yeah yeah I mean I think really the only huge blowout thus far has been that eight to one Buffalo Boston game the 9-2 um, game in Minnesota with the ribs was bad, too. But I almost... Oh, yeah. It was a weird kind of a game where it was a blowout. But while I was watching it, I was like, this doesn't feel... I don't know. The it, ri- 
it blew out really quickly. Is that, can, can we say, like, it, it felt really even. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it just felt like the Whitecaps got like, like rallied off a bunch. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like the ribs were stuck in their own end the whole time. It was just like kind of weird goals or bad yeah. goals by the goalie. Like it could, this could, it could have been a very different game. It just mm-hmm. turned into, it just escalated quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Escalated quickly is great. <laughs> yeah, because I watched the first, like, two periods of that game, maybe two and a half periods, and then I had to leave for the Pride game. Mm-hmm. And by time – it's like a 20-minute drive to Warrior. By the time I got to Warrior, the Whitecaps had scored another four goals. And I was like – I literally checked my phone. I was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. It was like three to two or four to two when I left the house. Yeah, I think at that yeah. point it's just like – It's just like, what do you do? You – yeah, I don't think the Riveters can score that much on yeah. the Whitecaps. Like, especially not that early in the season. I think that was a big part of it too. Is like that was the first weekend, uh, second weekend it of was, the season. Yeah, it was the Whitecaps home opener, but I think it was the Riveters. They had lost to Boston the week before, so they yeah. had played already. Yeah, but defense and goal scored is going to be something to watch. I think. Something with the Whitecaps, too. So, a couple times now, they lost to the Ribs 4-3 in their second game of the weekend. And then when they played the Whale in back-to-back weekends, they did end up winning the second game, but it was very close. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think Whitecap fans should be worried about? That they seem to be... Is is it that they're playing more poorly in their second game of back-to-backs? Or do you think the Ribs and the Whale were just able to get their legs under them a little easier. I think it's that the ribs and the whale were able to get their legs under them a little bit easier. Um, Looking at even last season when Minnesota played all back-to-backs, they had the ability to come out in a second game and just outplay the team, even if they had Mm -hmm. lost the day before, which we saw a lot in Boston and in Buffalo for them, um, which were their two main competitors last season. So I really just think it's like teams that – like the other four teams who aren't traditionally used to playing back-to-backs are really taking advantage of the second day, mm-hmm. you know, learning from Saturday's game, implementing new things, or just trying to work on things to understand how to beat them. Um, especially because I feel like the white cats have such target on their back as the oh yeah reigning champions. Um, but it's great to see. I mean, a lot of the conversation leading into this season, given, um, the PWHPA has been the com- the, the 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 compete level. Mm-hmm. I hate that phrase. That's competitiveness. Yeah, the competitiveness and also just like the parity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know the age old like can women's hockey support this many teams? Uh, 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 uh. Um, and I think the fact that like Sunday's games are typically coming out and being extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Boston Buffalo eight one game is a little bit of a um, yeah doesn't really count like it it breaks the mold of that a little bit but the fact that Sunday's games are coming out and being so competitive I think proves how strong the talent pool and talent pool in women's hockey is Mm -hmm. and that we're not seeing these huge blowouts um which like maybe we would have seen otherwise yeah and it's just so I love that we're getting more back-to-backs this year than we have in years past just because it is so interesting to see what kind of changes teams make after getting to see their opponent because I think with such a a shorter schedule than like a typical like NHL 
schedule you don't get to see teams as often so when you get to play them like pretty immediately after it's fun to see how teams adjust their playing styles definitely sorry it's all right we're good Mm. who's next on our well you're kind of going down the um standings Mm -hmm. i was wondering if you had anything else you wanted to say about the white caps before we moved on um man olivier has dope pads does that count uh yes absolutely fishes fishes fish eye no i feel like fish i fish Fish? (laughs) i mean the, the plural of fish is definitely Fish is, right? Yeah. Not, not are you were you trying to say like geese? Fish? Fish. <laughs> like moose, meese. <laughs> I I can't decide if I love that or I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know the just to clarify, I knew that it was fishes. Mm-hmm. The white caps and the pride, I think, have excelled because the rookies have been able to integrate I think pretty quickly on some of the already established teams also like in toaster but Jillian Dempsey I think has done a really good job like leading the team mm-hmm. as a captain as like a another a veteran player who just yeah I feel like feels to just slot in very easily wherever she plays yeah which is huge especially in a league that has like a pretty high rookie class I think we talked about that in the preview it's like over 50% of the players are new to the league. Um, having a veteran presence, especially on the Pride, is, is huge. Should we move on to the Buttes? Let's move on to Buffalo. Buffalo is a very interesting team. They are. I think I thought that the goaltending would be a really important component of their team. But like we kind of talked about earlier, like the goalies have had to stand up and like be good because we've been having more shots on goal. But I don't think, I don't think I would say that that's the crux of their team strength right now. But I'm not sure what I would do. Um, they definitely need some defensive help. Like, they also leave their goalie out to dry a lot and like, rely on Mariah Fujimari, Fujimajari more than she, they should. I feel like that's accurate for the Buttes, the Ribs, and Connecticut. Yeah. Which, they do, They do though, like, their top four forwards, like, their power play unit. I was watching the end of their, their overtime win against the Whale, and they had, I think, a Kersey, Bowie, um, Mariah, Joe, Pelletier, and um, one of the Slovakian defenders out, and they were just terrifying. Yeah, it was, but it was so fun to watch. So like, they do have talent. It's just the Boston has three lines of scoring, and a lot of these teams don't, including yeah. Buffalo. I think Buffalo just needs more time to kind of figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like a literally an entirely new team. Um, only Bowie and Akersey are back. Uh, and Kelsey Newman's back, but that doesn't super count because she's a goal sender. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it counts, but it doesn't count in terms of like gelling of the skaters on the ice together. Yeah, chemistry like on a forward line is different, I think. Then, although her being back is probably helpful for the, to Fuji Magari. Yeah, 
But um, and she's like very vocal on the bench, uh, which is great to see. Why am uh, I not surprised? Yeah, I just watching them play. They seem to be discombobulated at times mm-hmm. and like just not knowing where the other players are at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just think comes from like not playing with each other ever. Yeah, you know, even excuse me, some of these other players, other teams at least have players who played in college together or played at, like, other programs together. Uh, you look at the Riveters, they have the RIT line, who's probably one of their most successful lines on the team. Mm-hmm. And while they didn't actually play that much together at RIT, they came from the same system, they know each other, they know their styles of play. Meanwhile, on the Buttes, you've got 20-odd players who have never played anywhere near each other. Mm-hmm. For the most part and it's just that's a lot to overcome in a really really short amount of time yeah I think even with those RIT players even if they're not on the line together there's something to be said about being in the same program and seeing each other every day and having yeah. like at this point any level of familiarity is an asset for these teams um, and I think Buffalo like we said with every other team Buffalo's defense is like a huge liability for them yeah. I think having Mariah, who came from the CWHL's Boston, uh, not Boston, to the CWHL's Worcester Blades, is like a huge asset because she saw so many shots up there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, I didn't think about that. So she's used to the kind of this high volume of shots already. Yeah. But still, I mean, like, you don't exactly want your goalie to be seeing 30 plus shots. Mariah's seen 142 shots in four games, in five games. Jesus. Which is, like, about 24 shots a game. Not as much as Sam Walter, but not not as much as you want your goalie to be seeing. Not great. Yeah. Don't want it. Not not what you want to see. No. Um. To put that in perspective, Lovisa has seen 31 shots per game on average. Which is still so wild to me because I'd say of these teams, Boston has one of the stronger. There was definitely one game where they announced how many saves she had and every single person that I was standing with was like, was the shot counter over-caffeinated? Because that was many more <laughs> shots than we thought she had. And I think like, like, how dangerous are the shots that they're seeing? Are these like perimeter shots? Exactly. Are they like dump-ins that she just happens to like step in front of like... Yeah. Are they just like, like, what's the stat word for it? There's like a thing. Corsi? How quality are the shots? There you go. <laughs> that's, that's what we were trying to get to. Uh, um, I don't understand the shot map things, but I know where quality shots are. Yeah. We don't have Mike or Alyssa on the podcast, so we can't go yeah. much deeper than that. <laughs> that about skims our level right there. <laughs> Figure out the average number of shots that a team will see. And we know what quality shots are. I was just very glad we were able to use the calculator to get these average shots per game before the show. Yeah, that was a lot. We did good there. Yeah. Um, Riveters. I just in like like the Buttes, inconsistent. No defense. I will. Um, I will say though, they have impressed me. More than I thought they would. Like, I think 
by the end of the season if these teams keep trending and it's like I'd say the Buttes probably have the better goaltending over the Rivs, but watching the forward line for the Rivs, I think I think the more time they have to work together, the better they could be. There was a, a quote from Madison Packer. I can't remember on which broadcast, probably one of the Minnesota ones I heard, that she mentioned that she thought the teams were underestimating them, which I think is fair to say I was going mm-hmm. into. But they... They have sparks of play where they're being good, but you're right. The, the inconsistency is what's killing them. When they can put together a solid game, they're fine. Yeah. They're just... And they're not... They aren't playing even, like, a full 20 sometimes. Yeah. Which is killing them. Which is not... you can, you got to play all 20. Yeah. Um, I think that they... They also have a really weird schedule where I think um, Casey Bryant wrote in this week's stock report... That they have a month off, or maybe a month off mm. from home. But either way, they've been on the road a lot, which is great for morale, but also tiring, especially in the league where you're working a full time job during the week, having to travel on the weekends. Um, and I, I could see that impacting on ice stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see how they play once they get a little bit more like regularity to their practice schedule and to their travel schedule. Uh-huh. Something else that I, I'm going to be keeping an eye on with them is how the, um, their new coach works out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm blanking on his name. Mosek? Ivo. Evo? Evo Mosek? Evo Mosek. Ivo? He's very loud. <laughs> um, the Minnesota commentators were talking about how they could hear him yelling from their oh, yeah. like vantage point. But it sounds like the players are like really on board with him. I know Kira Dostal, when she came back, um, said that she was really impressed with his like presence on the team mm-hmm. and so especially considering that the ribs in the past have not had the best coaching I'm excited that they have a competent coach yeah yeah he's definitely competent and I think that shows in the way that they've bounced back on Sunday games like we talked about earlier yeah is that like an incompetent coach is not going to rally your team, rally their team to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's just going to, like, fall flat. Yeah. And I think, too, like, um, Madison Packer having the C, like, she is, I think, really – she has bought in fully, and I think her teammates yeah. can see that, and that's good for, like, team morale. Yeah, oh, for sure. That's one of um, those, like, inta- hashtag intangibles. But if she could, ta- and, she could take some fewer penalties. That would be great. But Yeah, overall. also a ribs killer. They got to stay out of that box, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and granted, the game against the Pride were, like, they, it, felt, it was the last Sunday. There had to be, like, a million penalties, like, no exaggeration. And it, A, ruined the flow of the game, but I think the Riveters also got, like, a little frustrated by it. Yeah. Uh, I think the fans got a little frustrated by it too because it was kind of a boring game. Uh-huh. Uh, like their penalty, their penalty kills okay. Like they were doing pretty good, but like when you're on a penalty kill, you're not getting many scoring opportunities, and you need those. So even if the other team's not scoring, like you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah, you're really not helping yourself. Yeah. Um. You're also just tiring yourself out, I guess. Is yeah. You're not helping yourself. Who Sam Wolter's their goalie, right? Yes. Yeah. 
who she has been like, she was one that I was worried about because she came from a division three school, um, had been out of hockey for a few years, but wow. She's good. Her and Sonia Shelley. And I wonder if it's like out of necessity that we, they have to be good, but they, both of them have impressed me a lot. Yeah. And like, I think the more they play, the more comfortable they get, which has kind of been a recurring theme. But like when Walter lets in bad goals, she knows that she's let in bad goals. And so mm-hmm. hopefully the more shots that she's seeing and the more comfortable she gets on the ice, the fewer of those that will happen. Yeah. She was, yeah. I mean, she was, she thoroughly impressed me uh, last weekend when they were in Boston. It was, yeah, mm-hmm. I was impressed. <laughs> so interesting to see how she does moving on. And then the whale. They've which, come so close. I know. They, the, the standings, I don't think, are reflective as to how, of how the whale can play. They've just had really shitty luck. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, like a couple of bad bounces here, a couple of bad bounces there. I also think that they also, also think that they also, well, um, I think they also don't play the full 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also have very been playing the full 60. Uh, what mostly I think of is that the, that they played the Buttes at home, uh, in Buffalo, scored like three in the first period, and then ended up losing in overtime, which is just demoralizing, but also like, you kind of like that's not something that should happen necessarily. No, and I think that that was something to do with the Buttes too. Like another team that's very streaky in that overtime period, especially when they got the power play, like they were lights out, but they weren't mm-hmm. playing like that the whole game, and neither were the Whale. But again, Sonia Shelley has really impressed me, and they have needed her a lot. Mm-hmm. They've needed her to be impressive. Yeah, I'm definitely impressed to steal your word by mm-hmm. by her and Sam Walther. Yeah. Not to be like like, oh, they came out of nowhere. We never would have saw them. But well, like I mean with Lovisa Slander, you expect a certain level of like talent because she's yeah. like a big name. With these players that we might not see as often, it's it's kind of like our first opportunity to see how they play at the pro level. And they have stepped up to the task, both of them. It might not Which look is like that. great to see. Yeah, it might not look like that all the time when they're, like, giving up seven or eight goals in a game. But, like, like we think you mentioned earlier, Michelle, that's not a lot of the goalie's fault. A lot of it is the defense hanging them out to dry. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that will be fun to watch. Or not fun to watch, but good to watch. Um, I think I had it as a storyline at the beginning of the season and um, our preview, and I think I mentioned it in our preview episode too, is that was goaltending. But I really think now that how teams step up their defense is going to be huge. Something that's also going to be interesting to keep an eye on is that a lot of um, Connecticut's defense are returners. Mm-hmm. Elena, Elena Orlando, Taylor March, and Shannon Doyle as the captain. Um and Jordan Brickner have all played in the end of before. Mm-hmm. So I would say there's something to be said that maybe that could have helped them earlier in the year when teams are still getting to know each other, but the whales still need their first win. They're so close. I know it's brutal. It's just, there. it's heartbreaking to watch. I was talking to a friend, a friend of my roommates who came over recently and she was trying to decide what team to cheer for. 
she was like, I really like the whale. And I was like, listen. You'll just be sad. Yeah. And, but then I was talking about that with the Buttes, too. I'm like, the Buttes will break your heart. Um, and the whale are constantly playing from behind. So there's not really, like, if you want your team to win, maybe not the best team. Yeah. For, but... Do you want to love a team or want a winning team? Well, I guess you could love a winning team. The thing is, is but... I like to root for the underdogs. That's the thing. So I find myself rooting for the Buttes and the whale when they're playing teams like the Whitecaps and the Pride. <laughs> because I want, I want them to win. That's why I think, like, that Riveters win against the Whitecaps was so, like, meaningful because nobody they, they got trounced the day before mm-hmm. nobody expected them to come back and win that game that's just a me thing <laughs> yeah you like the under whales oh my god <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the episode title the under whales now i'm thinking of the underminer from the incredibles the underminer I am always beneath you, but nothing is beneath me. Oh my god, can somebody meme that with the whales, please? <laughs> the whale. Sorry, no S. Um, oh, what else? I mean, I think that hits a lot of the big points about what's happening on the ice in the first four weeks. Shall we talk about uh, how we're viewing those games via the Twitch streams? The Twitchy. That was weird. I'm sorry. The Twitch. Maybe that's the episode name. The Twitchy. The Twitchy. Um, yeah, I like it. Do you like it? I do too. There are there are good and bad things. I think as a streaming platform, it is my favorite of the ones that the NWHL has done via like versus Twitter and YouTube. I remember love... when they had the cross ice pass the first season. Oh God. That like didn't quite work the way they wanted it to, and they ended up having to make it free. There were, yes, yeah. There were some games that were on Ness in that first season, which was nice mm-hmm. to be, that was on TV, but, like, not everybody got that channel. That was through there because they were, the Pride were playing at Harvard that That's year. That's right, yeah. Um, I like the chat function in Twitch. Like, watching it feels like... It feels like watching it on Twitter, but, like, the game is right there, and I don't have to constantly be switching between tabs or, like, have mm-hmm. my, my phone or whatever... And I like that um, you can do, like, the bits. Like, you can, like, buy certain things. And mm-hmm. when you post them in the chat, then, like, money goes towards... I am I am still new to Twitch, so I'm still kind of trying to figure out how it works. But you subscribe to the channel so you can get the custom emotes? Yes. Um, is there... Do we have any, like, word on why the whale don't have one yet? Is that just a we're waiting for approval thing? I don't know. Someone was saying that we, like, the page needs more subscribers to get a certain amount of custom ones. But I don't really know if that's true or not, and I keep forgetting to ask about it. Um, we can find out, though. But, yeah, there's, the whale don't have an emote, which is sad. So sad. But it, it, it did spring the hashtag free the whale emoji, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. It's very funny. That's why they haven't won. They don't have an emote. I know. Abby. Well, then someone was like, do you have to win to get an emote? And everyone oh. was like, I don't think so. Oh, no. Savage. Uh, but yeah, but I love... It It has been, for the most part, very, like, chill. And everybody's been, like... It's, it's like... I am learning as much reading the chat as I am watching yeah. the game. Which is super cool as a fan. One thing I was really worried about with the switch to Twitch... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
whether the community would follow as well. Because when the games were on YouTube and on Twitter, um, the community really was on Twitter, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, and I was worried about how that would transition. And I think it's it's moved really seamlessly. You're still seeing a lot of the regulars interacting during games. Um, and if anything, it's kind of made it more unified. Oh, yeah. And that you're not like searching for random people's Twitter streams or whatever, or Twitter feeds. Um, yeah. And like, unless you're on a computer on TweetDeck, like, you're not necessarily seeing all these tweets in real time. Whereas yeah. you are in Twitch, which for me is a huge selling point. Yeah. Yeah. The chat function is really nice. Um, it's been pretty well moderated too, because that was something else I was really concerned about mm-hmm. is how the moderation would go. Um, but I think so, thus far there's only been like a handful of issues across the game so far and they've all been taken care of pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's nice too, like, um, because some of these games in the earlier I had to go back and watch after they were live, the streams will still play as though the game is happening in real time. Yeah. So even if you're not watching live, you can go back and watch the stream and see the comments happening in real time, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah, that's I like that you can the chat does that, which is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because if you like miss any of the inside jokes, then you really <laughs> mess. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pathetic by me. Um, what I will say though is I think there are still some issues that need to be worked out, and it seems mm-hmm. to be only in certain arenas. Like, there, there have been issues with the audio not being synced with the game, which was really, it makes it difficult to follow. I mean, it's, like, upwards of, like, 10 to 15 to 20 seconds behind, which is... Yeah, I watched one that was, like, 30 seconds behind. I ended up just muting it. Yeah, because it's And, just, like, having my own play-by-play in my head. I was, like, spending more time trying to figure out how far behind the lag was than I was, like, watching the game. And I was like, this is not, not ideal. Yeah, not not what you not what you want to hear. Yeah, um, there are also, I mean, like, I think some of that comes down to issues with like Wi-Fi and connection, and also yeah. I think Twitch has been having some issues in and of itself with like its own streaming platform issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, it's like still a relatively new streaming platform. Yeah, as far as like social media goes. Uh, but what I, what has been really cool to see too, is like the audience grow. Like, I don't know if when you've been in the chats at all, if you've noticed that like people are asking like introductory questions about the league, which can get kind of annoying, but it's also great to see that like people are finding these streams for the first time and interested in the league and not like bashing it, but wanting to learn more. Mm -hmm. And like so many people have been watching that, like, if questions get asked more than once or whatever, within, like, 10 seconds, somebody has answered it, mm-hmm. which is, like, it's it's really cool. And, like, I there have been, like, upwards of 2,000 people watching live on a chat, which is, like, wild to me. Regular season games, not playoffs, like, regular season yeah. games. It's so good, and it's free, and, like, I was worried... It's- when this was first announced, because I'm not on Twitch already, so I was like, how intuitive is this going to be? Is it going to be difficult? And it wasn't at all. Um, sorry, I was drinking. It's 
Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you don't need an account to watch it also really helps because mm-hmm. you can just like log on and find it or like click on the link and it's there. I did make an account almost immediately though because I was like, yeah. I want to participate in the chat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and like as it being a revenue stream too, because mm-hmm. you can like subscribe to the league for like various price points a month and people can gift subscriptions to the league which is a really awesome thing to see. Um, what else? Oh, one thing that I really like, at least from like a media standpoint, is there's like a live counter of how many people are watching the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for like for me as a media person, that's something that I've always been, I've always been interested in. I think a lot of us have. It's what are the viewership numbers like? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always had to wait for the league to give us those, but now we can kind of like rough hand track them. Um, I will say that's something that you have to, I think, be watching live to get. Because when yeah. I was watching it afterwards, it was, um, it was like telling me that there were only like a hundred or whatever views for that. And I don't know if that was people who watched the whole thing all the way through, or people who had watched the stream after it was live. But I was like having to follow in the comments when people would be like, "Oh, like two thousand people watching." Like people would sometimes say in the chat. Um, yeah, um, I've made a concerted effort to like tweet about how many people are watching just because I think it is good information for like fans and other media people who like maybe at the game or not be able to watch that game live to have. Um, I also just want it for my own self. And I know that if I like write it down somewhere, I'll lose it. Um, (laughs) If I have it on Twitter, I'll never lose it. And the internet is forever. (laughs) Twitter is forever. Uh, But it was really cool. I think it was, what game? Saturday or Sunday's game? Of last weekend? One of the two. Um, I had picked it up from the very beginning. And usually I have to, I can't finish them if the Pride are playing. But it was really cool because it started at like a few hundred people. And then it started gaining steam. And then somebody was like, oh, we just hit the front page of Twitch. And all of a sudden the numbers like skyrocketed mm-hmm. to like, like, three four thousand um of course that is when i had to leave Um, (laughs) but it was just for me when they switched to twitch that Uh, was a really big issue or not issue but one thing that i was thinking about is like okay well twitch's front page is based on how many people are viewing this and that's going to be huge for them to get there and so what's that barrier like like how many people do you need to get on there because i'm sure the huge esports people get like 10 grand followers and like is that is it like box one is for like 10 grand and not box two is for like Mm. five grand enough like how is that structured so it was really good to know that like the nwhl hit the front page because it just boosts that profile a little more Mm -hmm. yeah i think it it was nice when they had the deal with twitter too that like it was kind of easy if you open twitter to see the games up there and I think it, it's that same kind of a thing with Twitch, where if you, whether you find that on the front page or that that stumble uponness that we've talked about before, uh-huh. it's it's very clearly paying dividends on Twitch. And people were loving um, the different apps that Twitch has too. Mm-hmm. Like you can put it on your PlayStation Four or like your Chromecast or like your smart TV or whatever, and not have to like finagle around with things yeah super easy and also something that i really liked was how like and not every um broadcast team was doing this but like 
a lot of you could tell a lot of people had the Twitch open and were like reading the comments and interacting with fans as mm-hmm. the game was going on, which I don't know how they were able to watch the game and commentate and watch the chat because I don't I just don't understand. But it was getting people more engaged in commenting and keeping like the the fans interested, which yeah. is beneficial for like both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to watch a stream of another game. No, actually, I tried to watch a stream of the Pride game randomly on my phone while I was there, and I could not keep up with the chat and the stream and the game. I was like, how do you do this? Like, <laughs> Something else, which I, I haven't tried live, but I'm going to try and do it this weekend, or not this weekend, the next time there are games. The squad stream, where you can watch two games at once. Have you had a chance to check that out? I have not, because the Pride have been playing every time there's another game. Mm. So, like... I usually have to leave before the first game's over. Yeah. Because the Pride have typically done the second game. Yeah. But no, I do want to try that out. The other thing I want to do is I want to coach. I want, well, maybe not me personally, but I want to get uh, a couple of people from TIG to co-stream a game. Yes. Oh, that would be so good. I just don't know how to do that part yet. That's on my two-week break plan. Mm -hmm. Figure out how to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do it, but I want to make somebody else do it. That would be so fun. Um, what else? Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, no. Cool. Yeah, I think we hit most, a lot of stuff. Um, Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? At Michelle underscore J-A-Y-3. Where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Hannah underscore Beavis1, B-E-V-I-S. Um, thank you for listening. Next week is Michelle's birthday. So... Michelle will not be on the show, but we will have hopefully an interview with a special guest, which we'll announce um, once we get everything confirmed. Um, But we will be back next week with a slightly different episode and then back to our regularly scheduled content Um, the week after. If you have questions, you can tweet them at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Um, Trivia questions you want us to answer, star bench cuts, anything like that, just tweet them at Michelle and I. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. The ice card. How was handing out candy? Nobody came. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>